This morning, we'll be continuing our series about knowing God, and this morning, we'll be looking at knowing your call. And we'll continue with the text we started with two weeks ago, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. I will read 15 to 18, where our emphasis is for this morning. I know the NIV is projected on the screen. I'll be reading the New King James Version. It says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, which is our emphasis, says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. In this season of prayer, as we continue to look at Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus and what it means to us, I would just want to start by reminding us that prayer isn't just a place we go to ask God for stuff. I'm sure we know this, but just want to bring it to our remembrance that prayer is not just a place we go to ask God to meet our needs. You know, we all have needs, and I'm sure that almost everyone here has a testimony of when they've asked God for something, and he did it for them. I have several examples of times that I've asked God for stuff, and he showed up miraculously on my behalf. So, that's one aspect of prayer, but that isn't just what prayer is meant for. Prayer is also a place where we seek to know God and to know his will. It's a place where we go to know more of God and to know more of his will for us. I say more because you might have known some part of his will yesterday, but that's not all. You know, we know him more and more as the day goes by. The more you get to know him, the more you get to know more of his plans for you. So we go to pray because we want to know more of God. And how this happens is that when we pray, the eyes of our understanding are open. That's the first prayer that we see in verse 18. Paul praying for the church, he said that, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. He didn't start praying that God would give the church as much money as they wanted, even though we need, the, we need the money, isn't it? But he said that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. The eyes of their heart be open. If you read the NLT or the Amplified Version, it will say that, it will say that, that the eyes of their heart be flooded with light. I, I, I love that expression, being flooded with light, that you may know. He's saying that the eyes of your understanding be open, be flooded with light, that you may know. So one of the things we go to do in the place of prayer is that we go to know. We go to know. We go so that the eyes of our heart 
be open. Because the things that God wants us to know are not usually things that we can see with our natural eyes. There are things that we get to know with our hearts. There are things that we get to see with spiritual eyes. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 14, it says that, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, or no human mind has conceived the things that God has for those that love him. I will go to verse 14. It says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come of the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because these things are discerned by the Spirit. The things that God wants to reveal to us, his will, his riches that he wants to reveal to us are not things that we see or we can perceive with the physical eyes, with our five senses. There are things that have to come into us by revelation. There are things that we can only see by the eyes of our spirit. Even the gospel, the gospel that we share, if we're being honest with ourselves, it does not make sense to the natural mind. If we're being honest, the gospel that we believe, the reason why we gathered here in church this morning, to the natural mind, it does not make sense. Okay. Yes, if you look around the world, you, it's easy, if you are being rational, it's easy to agree that this world must have been created by an intelligent being, isn't it? I mean, you can't look at the earth, the universe, the complexity of it, and really honestly believe that this came from the Big Bang. If we're being honest, I, there, there are several people want to argue about how it occurred over a billion years, over 10 billion years, but if we're being honest with ourselves, these things couldn't have happened by chance. But when we get that, get that out of the way and we now come to, okay, why do we now worship God? Why do we gather in church? Why do we believe that Jesus died for us? Why? When you get into the details, it does not really make sense to the natural mind. Believing the gospel itself has to, has to come to us by revelation. When these things were shared to us, we didn't believe Jesus simply because it made sense to our mind. There had to be a witness in our spirit that made us feel that this is what we should believe and this is what we should go with. So the truth of the gospel are things that have to come to us by the Spirit. And that is why this prayer that Paul was praying is very important. That we pray that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. And that is one issue I have with apologetics as it is practiced in many places today. I believe in arguing for the gospel. I believe that there's a place to argue the facts of the Bible. You know, several people want to debunk debunk parts of the scripture. So I believe there's a place for arguing these things. But have you noticed, if, you, if you're like me that likes listening to these um, arguments on YouTube, have you noticed that you almost never win a soul from these arguments? 
almost never, you don't get to win souls from this argument because these arguments usually appeal to the senses, to the five senses. For apologetics to make real impact, it has to be coupled with spirit, with the spirit, with prayers, that the heart of the people we're arguing with be actually opened to the gospel. Amen. So, we pray that the eyes of our hearts be flooded with light. Why our hearts? Why not that we listen to these things with our ear? There are times that God speaks to us and we hear audibly, but most times as believers, for God to speak to you, it's going to be just through your heart. You know, that is what they call a knowing. You perceive, you know, you perceive that this is what God wants you to do. You perceive that this is what God is saying. You perceive that this is what is going to happen. And that is what Paul is saying, that we should pray that we will know how to use them more. We should pray that this area of our spiritual work, which is our perception, our ability to know God's will, be sharpened the more. That will pick up spiritual signals a lot better than we do at this time. We are different phases in our work with God. You know, you could go through the day and you might not hear or perceive anything that day, while some people might hear or perceive several things in a day. So we are at different points in our work with God. And Paul is saying that, that we pray that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we will know more of God's will. Why is it important that we pray this prayer? Is because if we don't keep praying these prayers, we'll become, how will I say, we'll become relaxed, you know, because if you don't know what is it that God wants to do at a time, how, what are you going to do? You're, you're just going to feel that, okay, I'm just going to relax, isn't it? But if you pray these prayers, the eyes of your understanding being open, and you get to know His will, then you are pushed to step out and do stuff for the kingdom. Amen. Paul had to pray this prayer that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they will know these mysteries. Because these are not the, the plan of God for your life, the real plan of God for your life, are not things that you just know casually. There are things that have to come to your heart by the Spirit. These are important stuff. These are the roles that God has created you to fulfill while on earth. And you don't just assess them. You have to stay in his presence, the eyes of your understanding be opened, and then you can see what exactly he wants to accomplish through you. And as I studied the scripture, I was, why, why did Paul have, if you, if, if you find time, you go back home, you could read that scripture again. If you could see the passion in the prayer that Paul was praying, 
the prayer was passionate. He was praying that the eyes would see these mysteries. And I must confess, as I prepared for this teaching, I, I, I do not seem to comprehend what Paul exactly was trying to explain. It looks so big, so serious. But what I just want to share with us is a little that I've seen from this. God wants you to know what he has called you to do. Also, he wants you to know not just what he wants you to do, but the impact of what he has asked you to do and the reward for what he has asked you to do. He wants you to know what he wants you to do. In fact, not just what he wants you to do, but what he wants to do through you. Amen? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, we get to see that it is God who works in us in order to fulfill his purpose. So when we are saying that God wants to do something, through you or God wants you to do something. It's not really you doing it. It is God working through you. And from what I understand from Paul's prayer is that he wants you to know what God wants to accomplish through you, the impact that that's going to have, and the reward that you're going to get for working with God. And I've been, I've been preaching for a few years, uh, and one of the best things that has happened to me over the years is hearing how God has used me to be a blessing to some people. I've had some feedback that kind of really, really, really touched me. I've had some people share stuff with me that they heard or that I did in my ministry that transformed their lives, that spoke a word to them in season. One I will never forget in a hurry was several years ago when I was in the university. I was, I was sitting in church. I was sitting in the choir because I... I, I used to be part of the choir in church in those days, and I was just sitting there, and Lord shed a word in my heart and told me that I will speak on this subject very soon. Now, at that time in, in school, my name wasn't on the rota. To, to, I had already preached twice that semester, so I wasn't, and my name wasn't on the rota to preach again that semester. So I was like, oh, okay. But I know I heard God telling me that I was going to share from that scripture very soon. So I just went ahead and prepared, waiting for whenever I was going to be told, called upon to come and preach. And then, as God will have it, because he's the one that orchestrated it, isn't it? In a few weeks, I was told to come that there's a vacancy for somebody to preach that I should come share. I should come share anything. I said, anything? Okay. <laughs> that stuff that God told me to prepare, I went ahead and I shared on that scripture. And that happened on a Sunday evening, if I remember. And the very next day, the vice president of my fellowship called me that she wants to see me urgently. I was like, well, what is it? And when I got to meet her, she said that the word that I preached yesterday 
was just exactly what she needed. And she started giving me her family history, what has been happening in their family with her dad and stuff like that, and how that she was down, she was discouraged, she was... I'm like, this lady is the vice president of our fellowship, always leading us in church, always singing, dancing, everywhere. You wouldn't know that there's anything wrong with her. But that word came to her, it liberated her. She felt so at peace. She felt so blessed. Of course, I won't go into details of what she shared with me, but it was just God's word coming to her to save her and her family at that time. And God wants us to see the kind of impact we could make if we agree to work with him. He wants us to see what he wants us to do. He wants us to see what could be accomplished. And he also wants us to see the reward that he will give us when we cooperate with him. You know, in Matthew 19, 27, Peter was asking Jesus that, Lord, we've left everything and followed you. What is it in it for us? What do we have? And Jesus said that no one who has left father or mother or follow me that will remain empty-handed. They say you're going to have the riches both on earth and then after this life you're going to have eternal life. Now, God's promises to you might not be exactly what are his for me. Of course, generally they are the same, but they are specifics. And it is those specifics that trigger us to want to serve him. And how can you know these specifics if you don't stay with him so that the eyes of your heart will be open? Remember our topic this morning is that it's knowing your call knowing your call, that the eyes of your heart be enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling. And the later part of that verse says that we also know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, inheritance is what you receive when someone is dead, isn't it? When someone passes on. Now, Jesus died and we got the inheritance. And he wants to reveal the riches of this inheritance to us. But how do we get to know these things? How do we get to know these riches? How do we get to know what is it that God has in store for us? Paul told us how it happens. He said that he was praying that the eyes of our understanding be open. That's my emphasis this morning, that we pray. It's a good thing that we're in the month of prayer and we are being encouraged that we should pray. Pray because God has stuff he wants to reveal to us. God has a lot of things he wants to show to you. It doesn't matter whether you're a preacher or not. He knows you by name. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 1 verse 5 that before you are born, you are conceived in your mother's womb, he knew you. 
He knows you by name. There's this song we sing. I don't know whether we sing it here in the UK. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls, and he hears me when I call. I have a father. He knows my name. He knows your name. So you are not by yourself. Come on, say, I'm not by myself. I am not by myself. Come on, UK church. I am not by myself. God is with me. He is at work in me. Hallelujah. So, our charge this morning is that we desire to know God's plan for us. God's call upon us. It doesn't matter whether you know his call before, but the more you know him, the more you know what he presently wants to accomplish through you. I'll give myself as an example. When I was in Nigeria, in the places I lived, I knew, I prayed, and I knew what God wanted me to do in those places. But then, when it was time to come to the UK, I, it, it wouldn't be correct for me to say, okay, this is what God wanted me to do in Nigeria, then exactly that is what I'm going to come and do in the UK. No. It makes sense that I get to know what he wants me to do at this time. And what he might have wanted me to do yesterday at the bus station might not be what he wants me to do today after service. So that's why there needs to be a constant fellowship. This constant desire to know his will, to know who he wants you to talk to today, to know who he wants you to even pray for. You know, there are, there are times we want to pray for the world, we want to pray for everybody, but there are times that God wants you to pray for a particular person. A particular person. I heard this story many years ago of a missionary that came over to Africa, I don't know which, which country exactly, and as he was going about his business, the church that sent him from the, from the United States suddenly felt like praying for him, and they gathered and began to pray for this missionary in Africa. Of course, they used to pray for him, but that day they felt a need to pray for him. And as they were praying for him, where he was working in the mission fields, God was delivering him from attacks there. So there are times that God just wants you to pray for somebody for a particular thing. But how do you know these things if we don't pray? So, what is our conclusion this morning? That we pray. That we pray that the eyes of our hearts be open. We pray this morning, we pray continually, that the eyes of our heart, our perception, will be clearer and clearer, that we will know what God wants to accomplish through us. And as we're preparing for this meeting this morning, I believe God laid in my heart that there are some of us here that you 
you knew some things that God wants you wants accomplished through you, but for one reason or the other, you haven't paid attention to it. You know that God wanted you to do something, to go somewhere, to tell somebody something, to go a certain way, a certain career, a certain business, a certain form of ministry. You know this, but for one reason or the other, you've not paid attention to it. God is calling you this morning to repent. He's giving you a second chance. God is calling somebody this morning and telling you that he wants to give you another chance to commit to his will. You might be thinking, how am I going to do this? Is it too late? Can I still accomplish this? Am I not too old for this? It doesn't matter what is it that might be going through your mind, but you know that you have perceived something about your life, about God's call on you before, but for some reason, you haven't followed that. God is telling you this morning that he's giving you another opportunity, another opportunity to pursue his will, another opportunity to go before him and ask that he reveals to you how to go about that today. And not just revealing to you what he wants to do, he will also show you the impact you're going to make, and he will also show you the reward that he has for you. So as we pray this morning, I was rise on our feet to pray this morning. I'd like us to be on our feet. As we pray, if you're, if you're here and you really want to repent, you, you, know so, you know that God has put something in your heart in the past, but you've not pursued it for one reason or the other. Because of the cares of this life, you didn't pay attention to it. And you want to ask God for mercy. You want to make a commitment to God. And you want to be prayed for. As we pray as a church, I would like you to come forward and receive prayer. That God's grace will come upon you afresh. That you will pursue God's plan for your life. Can we bow our heads and pray? Again, I give you a few seconds to pray. I'd like you to pray for yourself. Pray that the eyes of your heart be open, that you will know your call. Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us this morning. Thank you for reminding us that you have a call upon our lives that you wish to reveal to us. You wish to reveal your will to us. You wish to reveal the impact that we will make when we pursue your call. You also wish that we see the reward that you have in store for us. We pray that the eyes of our hearts be opened. We also pray and we repent for the things you've shown us in the, past, in the time past that we've not pursued, we receive your message this morning. And we receive the grace to go forward, to know your will, to know your call, 
and to fulfill it. That at the end of our lives, O oh Lord, you will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. These are the remarks that we want to hear at the end of our lives. That we'll hear you telling us, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.